right now, the host of the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Now joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. You can find him on Twitter at Zach Gelb. Zach, how you been? Bill, been great. How you been? We're doing extremely well. So I, I first want to ask you uh, the NBA question is when uh, you saw that the Bucks made not one but two deals, we expect Giannis to sign and remain a Milwaukee Buck. Uh, is all of this good for not only Milwaukee, but do you think it is good for the NBA that he so desperately wants to stay in Milwaukee? I think it's fantastic for Milwaukee, obviously, because they make these two big moves. And I know some people got caught up on the return for Drew Holiday because he's a very good player, not a great player. But when you have the opportunity to try to continue to be in the championship mix and do better in the postseason and keep Giannis, uh, you make that move 10 times out of 10, and I think that's enough to have Giannis to stay. Now, I don't know if Giannis is going to end up finishing his career in Milwaukee, but for the foreseeable future, um, I expect him to be there and take the Supermax, which if you asked me that a few months ago, I probably would have been uncertain and unsure about it. Now, for the rest of the NBA, uh, for now it looks like dynamic duos. I know that some fans want to see a super team. Some former players want to see a super team again. You may have that brewing in Brooklyn. Uh, but personally, as a fan, I kind of like the dynamic duos uh, that are going on right now. So I'm okay with there not being a super team uh, in the current moment, and we'll see if that changes in the next few days uh, with James Harden. Um, the, I was going to say, if Harden ends up going to Brooklyn, is Brooklyn or Milwaukee the front runner in the East? That's a great question. Um, I would still say it would slightly be the Bucks, um, just because we don't know what Brooklyn's going to look like. Now, you can also make the same case, well, the Bucks just added in uh, two new pieces, but we've uh, seen them the last two years be the best team from a record standpoint in the regular season in the East, So I would, and the entire league. So um, I would slightly still lean towards Milwaukee, but if Kevin Durant comes back and is 95, 90% of what he used to be, and uh, if Kyrie Irving is all in consistently, which that's the big concern for me, um, you know KD wants uh, James Harden. The question is, does Kyrie Irving want James Harden? And trying to protect Kyrie Irving is uh, usually impossible. So I would say that the Bucks would be one, the Nets would be 1A, but it would be a strong 1A, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Nets ended up getting to the championship if they get James Harden, but we have to wait and see the whole Kyrie Irving dynamic and how it plays on out because one day he wants to be the guy, then the next day he doesn't want to be the guy. The question is, is he willing to bump down to be potentially the third guy um, in Brooklyn because Harden's a better player than him? Yeah, I was going to say, uh, is there enough basketball to go around with the egos that would then go around? KD seems to be the least ego, probably the best player, but the least ego of the three, right? Um, you know, it's, it's so weird with Kevin Durant. Cause like the one thing we get on him for is, is how sensitive he is with the whole burner accounts and how he, I really think he went to Brooklyn because people didn't appreciate what he did in golden state, leaving from OKC, go to golden state, uh, where the year before, um, they did blow the lead up against the Warriors. So I think all have ego. Um, I kind of would say maybe James Harden has the least ego out of those three. Uh, Kyrie, Kyrie clearly number one. Um, I would then say uh, Durant, two and then James Harden, three. The only thing I really knock James Harden for, and I've been a big critic of his, um, he's great in the regular season, but in the postseason, that Warrior series in 2018, he missed 22 straight three-pointers. Uh, then the following year in 2019, Kevin Durant got hurt in that game five, and he only scored five points in the fourth. 
And then um, we've seen them, uh, the, those last two postseason runs, I know this year he had the block, but it shouldn't even have got to a game seven against OKC. Um, so I would yeah, probably go Kyrie, biggest ego, then Kevin Durant, and then James Harden three. Uh, but that's another reason why I think Harden going to the Nets would be a good move for him is because he doesn't have to be the guy in the final seconds where Durant, you know, is probably taking the shot. And if it's not Durant, um, I would say then it's uh, Kyrie Irving because he hit such a clutch shot in that finals uh, where the Cleveland Cavaliers, of course, had that comeback up against the Warriors in that game set. I want to go over to the NFL, and we were sitting here just kind of waxing out loud a little while ago about the NFC and the fact that it's it's top-heavy, but it's it's also relatively unpredictable. When you look at right now what the standings look like, the Packers being the top dog, but they've beaten uh, the uh, New Orleans Saints, who are also 7-2, and two, but the Saints have beaten Tampa Bay twice. Tampa Bay has beaten Green Bay. Seattle's on the on the fall. Meanwhile, you've got the Rams and the Cardinals on the come. Who, how would you rank the NFC right now? I think going into you're talking directly about the Packers, that I think they would win the NFC North, but after that I don't really expect much else. And this is kind of a, a fun test, even though I don't love the Colts, on Sunday, because we know the Achilles heel going back to last year for the Packers is stopping the run. And um, I know that the Colts have a, a good offensive line and, and they have the ability to run the football. So um, I'll be curious how the Packers' run, uh, run defense shows up this week because when they went up against Alvin Cook, we know um, he ran all over that defense. I think it's a fantastic question trying to rank these teams. Because a few weeks ago, I would have said it's the Bucks. Then uh, going into the, the Saints game last week, before Jabriz got hurt, you probably would say it's the Saints. The Packers have been that team for a little bit. Then they got beat by the Bucks. Uh, Seattle was the early favorite. And then Seattle's defense, they can't stop anyone. And their offensive line is all banged up. I ultimately believe, though, if you had to ask me who goes to the Super Bowl this year, I'm going to say it's between, if I had to pick two teams, the Bucks and the Saints. And I would probably, even though they got beat twice by the Saints, I would still trust Tampa because I think they're the most complete team out of the four. Uh, but when I look at the Packers, and we were talking about this yesterday on, on my show, was what's the difference in the Packers last year to the Packers this year? Because you're looking at the schedule, they haven't really beat anyone great other than the Saints. And I know there was injuries on both sides for the wide receivers. But I think the biggest difference is Aaron Rodgers, and not to condemn his play in the past few years, but now he's back in that MVP conversation. So if the Packers are going to get to the Super Bowl, sure, they're going to have to stop somewhat eventually um, defensively up against the run, but I think it's just going to be because Rodgers is lights out, and that may be enough this year because of the fact that the NFC is so wishy-washy on, on who's going to be the favorite because it seems like it changes each and every week. The AFC, uh, everybody argues between Pittsburgh being undefeated, Big Ben is back, he's healthy this season. Uh, you've got Kansas City. They've had a couple of scares, but they're still uh, the top dog. And until somebody knocks the crown off, I consider them still to be the best. Who do you look at being the top two or three teams in the AFC? I think it's a two-team race. Um, I was for a while said Baltimore, but Baltimore and their three big games, they have uh, failed to show up, and that offense is a problem right now. Um, it's between the Chiefs and the Steelers. Uh, before the year started, I ranked them Chiefs 1, Ravens 2, Steelers 3. So I thought highly of the Steelers going into the year because of their defense and Ben coming back. But right now, I think it's the Chiefs one, um, the Steelers two, and then everybody else. Uh, you could pick whoever you want because Tennessee can't make a stop on third down. They can't put pressure on the quarterback. We talked about the Ravens issues. Um, I don't trust anyone in the AFC South to go make a run, whoever prevails in, in, in that division. 
And um, am I going to really believe that Miami or the Raiders are going to be Super Bowl teams? No. Let's see if they make the playoffs first before we talk about them in the Super Bowl. Uh, real quick, before I let you go, just uh, we recap the baseball season. I know it's going to be a tumultuous offseason. Uh, there, it, there's rumors out there that if they have a season without fans, that we could possibly see a couple of teams fall by the wayside even. So give me what your expectations are this baseball offseason. There's going to be some free agent names out there, but I don't think the money's going to be there. I think there's going to be a lot of bickering. Remember, some owners, they were crying poverty, and these owners should be the last people – uh, crying poverty right before the season was trying to get underway um, to kick off this 60-game season. So I think the market, um, it may shape up for a team that I root for, like the Mets, to be very aggressive with a new owner who's the richest owner in baseball to go make some moves. But I do kind of agree with you. I think it's going to be uh, a wait-and-see game, and uh, you probably may not have as many long-term deals as we're accustomed to. But then if you look at it the last few years, I know we've seen some mega contracts handed out, but that's always kind of been a gripe as of late with players and uh, the owners is a lot of these players think they should be paid for past performance. And in reality, you're paying for the future. So we've seen the market uh, kind of slow down a little bit. But if you're a good enough player and you're on the market, like we've seen in years past, Machado and and Harper, uh, there's always going to be a market for those guys. So um, you know what, it's going to be a wait and see. I think the whole world's in a wait and see right now, and everyone will have to eventually make a decision uh, based on how much you want someone. And if you really want someone, then you go overpay for them. Zach, always a pleasure. I appreciate it, man. Love listening to you, and we'll keep checking back with you, okay? Thanks, Bill. You and all your listeners, be safe. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Zach Gelb, host of the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. You can find him on Twitter at Zach Gelb, at Zach Gelb. Joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard, they treat you fair. 80-plus years, they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. 